On Fairway Roland, Joe House and Nathan Hubbard are joined by a rotating cast of Ringer and Golf World personalities to break down the latest in golf headlines and news. They also delve into the world of golf gambling. Check out Fairway Roland on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Krollbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Bitcoin is worth 13 times what it was two years ago. Mm. Dak Prescott is making 35 (laughs) times what he was two years ago. Not bad. (laughs) A financial glow up for Dak. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Just in 2018, he was making like $630,000. And now this year in 2021, he'll make 75 million. That's like 70, you know, 75, 100 times, whatever more money it is. And then two years ago, even though the Cowboys gave him a little bump, he's making like $2 million. Now with the signing bonus and everything, again, $75 million cash flow this year. Holy shit. And he's like the 10th best quarterback in the league. Yeah. <laughs> he's I don't fine. know. He's like, top he broke seven. his ankle. So he has he has the diamond hands for real, right? Like this guy, <laughs> this guy bet on himself for years. <laughs> he refused to budge. He broke his fucking ankle. Like that thing was disgusting. By the way, do you remember when it happened? Where you? If, I don't know if you're watching the show, but Tony Romo was like, "Oh man, I, it looks like a cramp." He was like grabbing his calf, and then all of a sudden, you could like see that his foot was like pointing in the wrong direction, and I was like, "Oh shit." I didn't understand why everyone was upset. I was like, his shoe came off. What's the big deal? I was like, oh, his whole foot came off. But Diamond Hands Dak is really good. I'm not making fun of him. I just want to, I want to point out that I am very happy that he bet on himself, went through the injury, got through the injury, and still got the bag. Diamond Hands Prescott. Yeah, we're all happy this is over for many reasons. I was sick of it. So we're going to get into free agency in a little bit. It's fun. We're going to do a little swipe left, swipe right on free agents and, you know, maybe some horoscopes. It'll be a good time. But I want to stick with the Dak thing for right now and what Craig mentioned. Do you guys like still care when a quarterback gets paid a lot of money or is it just kind of like old news at this point? I'm a bit desensitized to it, I think. DK, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like you I feel like twice a year someone becomes the highest paid quarterback of all time. And then everyone freaks out about it for two months. And then the next guy gets paid. This is just the state of the quarterback position forever. The rising cap, the cap is going down this year slightly, but the rising cap and and revenues and everything, people are realizing more and more how difficult it is to play quarterback. I mean, I guess that's not new, but there's like 12 guys who are good at it in the world. So these guys are going to get paid a lot. (laughs) 
I think that's just supply and demand. It's basic economics, folks. But um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore. The the salary cap is also sort of so fun or so malleable, I guess that. It doesn't bug me. He's like, oh, he's got X amount of the salary cap eating up every year. But Dak Prescott, I mean, his cap hit in the first year is not that bad. I think it's like $22 million or something like that. Yeah, it actually one. went down from last year. Last <laughs> so, year was 31. It went down. Yeah, so, yeah right. I mean, and I teams know. can do that where they like backload contracts because the salary is going to go up. The salary cap will go up in the next few years. So you backload yeah. his contract so it's more money in the later years. Yeah, so it doesn't bug me. So for the actual Cowboys, you had to keep Dak, I think. In large part, you had to keep him. But what do you guys think about this team, especially this offense? Because now you've, you've got Amari Cooper, and they signed him. You've got C.D. Lamb. You've got Michael Gallup. Zeke. They were on pace to be... In, oh, right, I almost forgot about Zeke. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> they, they were on pace. I think Dak was on pace to break Peyton Manning's single-season passing yardage record by, like, a lot. Yeah. And he Dak also had the most or second-most fantasy points per game ever last season. I mean, it's four and a half games, so whatever. So... What do you guys make of Dak for next season, both real life and in fantasy? Well, if you want to start to fan- talk about fantasy first, because this is a fantasy pod, I think they become fantasy football team number one. Fantasy wow. team royalty? Yeah. Yeah. I think they have the fantasy belt. I think, they're, I think I'd rather have all of the Cowboys than all of the Chiefs. As, as long as their defense remains bad, too, I think absolutely. So going back to last year, it's, it's almost like you kind of forget how good he was for a little while. Number one, he reunites with Kellen, uh, Kellen Moore, who seems to have a perfect grasp of how to use that offense, how to get the most out of that offense. Um, like Kaifetz said, no QB last year averaged more points per game than Dak did, and that includes the game in which he broke his leg. If you actually take out that broken leg game, uh, so weeks one through four, he was averaging 31.3 points <laughs> per game, number one in the NFL. He had passing yards of 450, 472, and 502 yards in weeks two You said a five. career high three weeks in a row. He had like 1,500 fucking yards in three weeks. A lot of guys have that in a year, or at least in the old days they would. Um, so anyways, this is, this is a, a great situation for him. Obviously, they're stacked. I think it's ideal for everyone involved. It's ideal for Amari. It's ideal for CeeDee Lamb, and I think it's also ideal for uh, for Dak, uh, sorry, and I also think it's ideal for Zeke Elliott, too, because, you know, their their ability to pass, spread things out, it's just going to open things up for him. He's not going to have to be, you know, the guy that they handed to 30 times a game and hope he can, like, break through the line or whatever. You know, he can he can contribute in the passing game, all that stuff. So, um, actually, I jotted this down. Through four games last year, Amari Cooper was the wide receiver one in PPR. I, fr- wow. I think people forget that. Um and CeeDee Lamb, as a rookie, was the wide receiver 16, so a high-end wide receiver two through four games. This is obviously a small sample. Something happened to Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper got gross in fantasy. Why? Why did he get gross? Dak Prescott broke his ankles. What, what no, do you mean, why? No, there's, there's something else. I feel like even before yeah. that, I, he's he's like not in the sexy category anymore of like yeah. receivers. Yeah. It's, I think it's hard to break narratives. It's because we never know when he's healthy. I mean, before he was, he was up and down. And he had these like 200 yard games and then he'd go away and there were like issues with him in, in the Raiders. But then it's also like he played, like time has lost all meaning to me. I don't remember if it was 2019 or 2020 when he played with like <laughs> plantar fasciitis, which is like this really painful foot injury that he didn't really talk about and went under the radar, but like receiver, foot injury. My mom painful. has that. It's not great. Yeah, that's, yeah my dad There you go. Like, it's, Mama it's, Kelly it's, has it. She, she does not like it. Yeah. Does she have trouble running posts now? Yes. You know, Eli Manning used to run a four three forty, and then he got plantar fasciitis, and then he was just Eli Manning. But no, it's like you don't hear him. He doesn't bitch. 
but he's he hasn't been healthy. So I think that yeah, because of his earlier inconsistency from his career, we just think, oh, Amari, but we forget that he's not actually himself. You know what this Dak Prescott signing has made me think, and it's 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 a positive thing around the league. Honestly, sports in general, Kevin Durant is another thing. Unless it's really bad, I think we're finally past the like injuries affect your career era. Like Dak had the most gruesome injury mm. you could ever see visually, and it, it Cowboys didn't care. We don't care. He'll probably be the second fantasy <laughs> quarterback taken off the board. Like, it just doesn't matter anymore. Durant tore his Achilles. That's a really good point. He's fine. Like, I think we are, I love that these players, um, it sounds weird, but like, I love that they can get hurt, but, and come back, like nothing's changed. And I, this is like really, to me, the first time that's ever been cemented in my brain. That's a good point. Cause Durant, I mean, Achilles is the worst basketball injury. And then no one was, no one's surprised that Durant is the best basketball player. And then this Dak thing, you know what you're not hearing? Will Dak be the same player? It's just not right. really part of the conversation. And maybe we're underrating it, to be honest, but it's fantastic. What do you think, DK? Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's uh, on a serious note, it's like it, it shows the advances that we've made as a, as a species, as a society in medical adva- advancements and stuff. Like these guys can go to Europe and get, I don't even know what it is, like red blood cell treatments or something go to germany i don't even know i don't even know what they are it's like you you don't have to go to germany to get that but yeah (laughs) (laughs) all i know is i remember players going to europe in the offseason and coming back like looking like captain america so um (laughs) you know it's it's one of those things where you know as medical treatments improve like these injuries are just going to be less and less not not important but they're gonna they're not gonna basically derail careers like they used to hopefully i mean look Kevin Durant is the perfect example. If there's one body type that looks like it shouldn't be able to sustain an Achilles injury, it's Kevin Durant. He is like one, he's like a giant rubber band. A giant Achilles tendon. His Achilles is like two feet long. Like the fact that he looks the same is incredible. Oh my God. better. It's so true. They had to take, they had to take Achilles from four cadavers to get (laughs) his. Tie them together. (laughs) The one, Jesus. The one thing I do want to throw cold water on here is there is certainly a chance that the DAC injury, like we're all part of the reason here is just the inside baseball and like the media aspect of this is, you know what like the least fun thing or the worst content is, is like, will this player be the same after the injury? No one wants to read that. You know what? No one wants to hear about DAC thing. It's like, well, he might not be the same because you can't prove it. It's kind of a downer. And like, there's no upside. It's like, oh, you were right that a football player got hurt. That sucks. So you think there's like media injury talk fatigue? No one wants to talk about it. No one wants mm. to no one wants to be the person wondering if Dak will be the same. It's not fun. It's not illuminating. It's just it's it's not what you want to talk about. But if Dak isn't very good a few weeks into the season, people will be like, well, he broke the an- ankle. He's coming back from it, you know, whatever. But no one's saying that now. It's kind of like Tua, where no one's talking about right. Tua. Well, totally. he did have this like totally. borderline career threatening hip injury like eight months ago. And then he gets benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And everyone's like, why aren't you good, rookie who had this hip injury? <laughs> it's, it's just it's very difficult to talk about injuries with any kind of nuance, especially in the offseason. Is there any chance, I'm just going to toss this out, if you don't like it, just send it right on back. Is there any chance that Dak getting hurt kind of helped the way we think about him as a player? Because he had <sighs> such an insane first three or four games that would not have sustained. He could have played much worse later <laughs> yeah. on. And now we're like, he oh was on pace to big Peyton Manning's passing record. Like, it's all everybody says. It's like, I'll answer your question with another question. What would we be viewing Russell Wilson as if we'd only talked about the first eight games of last oh, season? Yeah, right. Oh, yes! If Russell had <laughs> a season-ending injury in October? If he tore his ACL in week eight, we'd probably be speaking higher of him be right like now. he's the oh fucking QB1 in Dynasty or whatever. So. What's the Jay-Z line? of like, would you rather be 
uh, underpaid or overrated? Talking about just like, <laughs> you want to go out on top or like you want to just, you know? I'm not uh, saying that's the case with Dak. That's a take shop. I'm just working the take. Right, right, right. I mean, he's been good that's other good than point. this season. But yes, that's true. Okay. So yeah, Dak got paid. You guys want to go free agency? Yeah, why don't you run down what we're going to kind of do here? Yeah, because I also would like to know exactly what this game is because I'm a, still a little <laughs> foggy on it. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do a little swipe left, swipe right. Which is something, DK, you've never been on a dating app. I yeah, I, that's correct. Different. Yeah, I did not get the opportunity to do that. Bumble or what are, what are some of the what are some of the dating apps? There's Bumble. There's Tinder. But should the NFL one be called Fumble? <laughs> that's Fumble actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, all right, so we're going to play a little fumble here. So we're basically made a little profile, a little, little dating profile for each of like, our favorite free agents. For teams looking for free agents, right? Yeah, like, you know, if, it's like if the teams are swiping, basically. Okay, we're going to be gotcha. like GM swiping for free agents. And okay, gotcha. Yeah, there you, you'll, you'll get the hang of it. It's really easy. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> we're, just, we're just making free agency dating profiles. It's very simple. Exactly. We took the market value from okay. SpotTrack, which is this contract tracking company, and they have the like a suggested market value. And so we're going to mm -hmm. either swipe left or swipe right on the player at that value. But we're going to get into, you know, it's not just about who they are as a player. It's who they are as a person. It's a holistic view. So, mm -hmm. Craig, you, you want to go first here? Yeah. So, yeah, we each brought like three guys to the table. So our top kind of nine most eligible free agents on the market Unfortunately, my first one was Allen Robinson, who got franchise tagged by the Chicago Bears. And Ooh. I'm going to run through his, his profile anyway, and we can talk about him. <laughs> yeah. Because I love him so much, and he deserves a conversation still. Allen Robinson. Oh, look at his profile. He's 27 years old, 6'3", 220, born mm. in Detroit, Michigan. I didn't know he was from Detroit. That's cool. 220 miles from your location. <laughs> Pros. Here are some pros. Allen Robinson. Maybe the best fucking wide receiver in the NFL. Nobody knows <laughs> Who knows? We, we'll never know. Uh, he's always <laughs> been the lone bright spot in his shitty offense. Yep. Um, he's essentially the hot girl in the ugly group. And he's been that for <laughs> every single year of his career. He was born in late August. He's a Virgo. Let me, let me, let me talk to you Virgo. about okay. Virgo's characteristics here. Hardworking. Virgo's Know that hard work pays off. They are creative, reliable, and patient. You'll be hard-pressed to find somebody wow. more responsible and reliable than a Virgo. Listen, I'm not into this astrology thing, but this is Alan Robinson. He <laughs> yeah, is yeah, patient, is. he is reliable, he works hard, and he doesn't really bitch. And uh, no pun intended, but he's a catch. Alan Robinson <laughs> is a catch. Damn it, man. I fucking God. hate you. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> He's an absolute catch. He deserves so much more. So the pros can go on and on and on. The cons for Alan Robinson, he's mm. never found Mr. Right. Um, no. You know, is it him? Is it, is it, is it them? <laughs> I mean, he spent four years with that guy, Blake, and we were all like, God, this freaking Bortles. You got to get out of here. He's Why entering is this the ladder. He's still single. Yeah. Why are you wasting your prime with this? Like, it's going nowhere. He's entering his late 20s. He's stuck in this merry-go-round with, with these the same partners over and over. He knows it's not right. We know it's not right. He's like Meg Ryan at the start of Sleepless in Seattle. He's dating Walter. And we're like, listen, you're doing fine with Walter. You had 100 catches last year, but you could do better. You could do so much better. This might sound like a person that hasn't watched The Bachelor for several years, which is absolutely true. But is there a little bit of like The Bachelor going on here where on the surface, he looks like such a great, you know, like prospect or potential date or whatever. But ultimately, he's batshit crazy and no one wants to be with him. He's just in it for the numbers or the fame. You're saying that this is potentially Alan Robinson? Yeah. No, I'm asking. I'm not saying. 
No, is that, that is not is Alan that Robinson. Situation? Okay, okay. Here's the gotcha. one thing I'll say about Alan <laughs> is he did get the chance to like go to free agency and he chose to play with Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. He wanted the money. That hasn't helped his plans. But yeah, it, it's really annoying. So anyway, so the Bears franchise tagged him. I'm not even convinced that means that he'll stay with the Bears. I think that the Bears at the right. minimum could also trade him somewhere else. So there's some hope here. But he is probably going to come back to the Bears and will once again play with Dick Foles or whoever the hell the Bears get. So yeah, upsetting. Russell Russell Wilson there, maybe? We'll see. Other than Chicago, is there like one team, Craig, you want to see Allen Robinson on? And you can't say the Chiefs. That's the new rule with this game. He he actually spoke recently about he wanted to go to a place with like a better nightlife and like a bigger city. Um, which is surprising because he's in Chicago, but he wanted to kick it up a notch. I'd like him to go to the Jets. I know that Sam Darnold's not Peyton Manning, but I think he's better <laughs> than Trubisky. And I think with their new offense with LaFleur and with Sala, Robinson could have been like their centerpiece offensively in New York. And I, that's what I wanted for him. I think he still could play with Darnold. I actually think Darnold is the best option the Bears have at quarterback. Just they have the 20th pick in the draft and like the 53rd in the second round. I think you could flip maybe even the, the second rounder for Darnold. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Let's keep rolling here. DK, free agent profile. Yo. Do you know how to do this? So you open the app. I feel like I'm explaining <laughs> yeah. this to my grandma. It's like Emma. And I'm like, so you open uh, your quick phone. Quick question. You unlock. Before, we, before we get to the end, swiping right is good, right? Like you like oh, them. Correct. Yeah, you just want to swipe right on <laughs> okay. someone you like. Left is like, no thanks. All right. So I, I got Kenny Galladay, who mm-hmm. thankfully, after we've done, done the planning for this podcast, did not get franchise tagged. Kenny Galladay, good guy. Six foot four, 214. Pounds. Uh, he is born on November 3rd, 1993, which is kind of b- bizarre to think about um, since I was born <laughs> in 19. I'm not even going to say it earlier. <laughs> 30. Uh, a couple of interesting facts about Kenny Galladay, which I think would be in his uh, his Bumble or Tinder bio. Same birthday Fumble. as Charles, Charles Bronson. Uh, same birthday as Kendall <laughs> Jenner, which is probably more his generation. He's a Scorpio. Okay. Scorpio traits. Fierce, intense, ambitious, loyal. I think that fits Kenny Galladay really well. Um, and I thought this was funny and, and has nothing to do with anything, but the number one song in the U.S. on the day that Kenny Galladay was born was I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. So I, I want to that... be clear. I like these facts, <laughs> but you would not put these in your bio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. No one's like, you know, I was born on the same day the Meatloaf song came out. You know, the Meatloaf? Like, swipe right. That's not... But <laughs> I was trying to find some interesting facts about Kenny Galladay, and I went on a went on a little bit of an internet uh, hole there. So let's see here. Market value. <laughs> All right. So according to SpotTrack, $17 million per year. The franchise tag, which he did not get, would have been $16 million a year. Per Adam Schefter, Galladay turned down an 18 to 19 per 18 to $19 million per year deal last year. So I think he's looking for more than $17 million. I think his his true value probably is higher, like twenty. So let's call it 19, since this said 19. Okay. 19 million dollars. Sure. So you swiping right or swiping left in Kenny Galladay? And swiping right is the good one. So I'm swiping. <laughs> yeah, I'm swiping right. I, I love mm. Galladay. I think you guys might have a different opinion on this, but I think he's really, really good. Here's some pros. He's very large. He's a big, he's a big receiver, can go up um, and get the ball. He has a massive chip on his shoulder, which I always like. Small school guy. He started at North Dakota, went to Northern Illinois, ended up as a third rounder, and then you know, within like a couple of years had emerged as like a top receiver in the NFL. I wouldn't say he's like top five, but he's in the top 15 or so, top 10. Uh, he's a contested catch monster. Second most contest- contested catches since 2018, according to Pro Football Focus. Guess who's number first? Guess who's number first? Guess who's first? Allen Robinson, who we just talked about. Kenny Galladay, 
Deep ball monster. 628 yards on deep balls last year. That's 20 plus yards downfield. That was second in the NFL. Or sorry, that was in 2019. 2020, he was injured for much of the year, so he, his numbers did not look great. But overall, like when he's healthy, very good deep ball guy, very good contested catch monster. His name is really cool. As a Danny, I'm giving him <laughs> the plus because he goes by Kenny as an adult. Um, and also, his last name reminds me of Doc Holliday, who's like an all-time character in history and in the movies. <laughs> wow. You want me to go, I'll go? I can go through a few cons. I don't want to just be all glowing review of Kenny Galladay. Here's a few cons. He's coming off an injury shortened season, so that's not great. He's old as dirt. Considering he's going into his, <laughs> considering he's going into his first free agency, he's he's already almost 28 years old. He'll be 28 in November. He's the same age as Keenan Allen, who's been in the NFL since like 2013 or whatever. He's old as hell, relatively. Uh, Marvin Jones might just be a better arbitrage signing for far less. Jones is about to turn 31 and has a similar skill set. And this is a real concern, not sort of just tongue-in-cheek. He's not a big separation guy. He, he did benefit from playing with Stafford, you know, who is, who is aggressive, willing to throw into tight traffic. Um, if he ends up, if Galladay ends up and, and takes the money for somewhere where he has a, a quarterback that's not a quote, or who is a quote, see it throw quarterback, so like doesn't throw with anticipation, he's never going to get throw. Like he's never going to get the ball. So he needs to go with a quarterback that's willing to throw it into tight coverage, let him win at the catch point. Um, so I do think he has some landing spot sensitivity that makes it a little iffy. Ultimately, I'm st- I'm swiping right though. I, I think I'm also a swipe right too. I I, I think that my, I'm going to cop out a little bit and say there's the caveat of the medical thing because he missed all but, what is it, three yeah. or four games with a hip injury last year? I think that you want to do the medical evaluation. It's very important with this one because I think there's kind of two scenarios. That hip injury was very serious and he needed to miss the time. I think that based on some of his Instagram activity, I think there's also a chance that it w- like he could have played, he could have not, and he's like, I'm not going to risk re-injury for Matt fucking Patricia. Right. And he just right. kind of like waited out the rest of the year, which I don't blame him risk for. Risk it for Dan Campbell, though. Yeah, because he won't Dan Campbell. <laughs> This <laughs> biting kneecaps or whatever. But I think that if basically the medical says his hip is not a big deal, I think it's a swipe right. Because looking at some of the other receivers we're going to get to, like I, I think that you'd rather pay $19 million a year for Kenny Galladay than maybe $16 million, $15 million a year for some of the other guys that are available. I think that it's honestly not that different from a fantasy draft where the three or four extra dollars, go get a good player. Yeah. What do you think, Craig? Swipe, swipe right or swipe left? Swipe and left? Yeah, I just think it's it's a little rich for my blood. Seventeen million. He's been hurt a lot. I don't know if these deep threat guys age well. Uh, if he's on a team with a bad quarterback, I could just see him having kind of a shitty year. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. I saw an article, if it's on PFF, saying that they expect Kenny Galladay to go to the Giants. How would you feel about that? Oh my god. Well, we already got Golden Tate, so we're just getting all the Lions receivers after they're good. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. The Giants need a number one, but I, I don't. I don't want that. So now maybe I'm a swipe left. <laughs> I don't want him on the Giants. I don't want Daniel Jones. I, know, right? I don't want to. I don't want any of the Giants this year generally. So Hyvitz was a swipe right, and then he went to his friends and was like, "Hey, look at his profile." And we're like, "I don't know, man. I just don't know if this is for you." <laughs> Change my mind. Out of it. I like him for the Packers. The Packers have been looking for a number two, you know, next to Devontae Adams for a long time. Aaron Rodgers throws with anticipation. He's not afraid to cut it loose. Uh, I think their offense is well-suited for Galladay because it's like a play-action, throw-the-ball-down-the-field type offense. So I think he'd be really well-suited for that. And then, other if that doesn't work out, I'd love to see him end up wherever Deshaun Watson ends up. 
because uh, yeah. give him a go-to guy. Maybe that's the Jets. Maybe we see him at the Jets. We'll see. I think you're right about that, DK, in the sense that I don't think he's like Allen Robinson, where I think that he would excel with a great quarterback, but I think with a bad quarterback, he wouldn't put up great numbers. And like, unlike yeah. Allen Robinson, where he can just like exist with a fucking doorknob as a quarterback, like that's totally <laughs> that's fine. That's a good, yeah, that's a very good delineation. I like that. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. You mentioned the Packers, DK. That kind of makes me curious because the player that they did not franchise tag was Aaron Jones. Mm. Craig, you made a profile for Aaron Jones. You want to, hit a, you want to talk up AJ? Sure. I love AJ. He's 26 years old. 5'9", 207 pounds. Born in Savannah, Georgia. Some birthday mm. facts. He's a Sagittarius, which is optimistic. Lovers of freedom. Hilarious. Fair-minded. <laughs> honest and intellectual. Okay. That seems to fit. He's yeah. smart back. He's got good vision. Right. His market value is $14.6 million, according to Spotrack. Um, is it Spotrack or Spotrack? I thought it was Spotrack. I never knew. Spotrack? I, I think it's Spotrack. We can, we can get to the bottom of this. Here are my pros for Aaron Jones. He's really fucking good. He has, <laughs> Put that oh. at the top of the list. This is what he's writing on his profile. He's really fucking good. He has no like serious injury history. He has less mm. wear and tear on his body, I'd say, because of the whole Green Bay running back by committee thing with Jamal Williams all this time. Um, mm. He can run and catch. He's like kind of the, he's just kind of like a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara type that's not in that range yet for some reason. People don't really consider him as one of them, but he, the way he plays on the field, they're very, very similar in how effective they are. He's a yeah. winner. He's always been on good teams. He has a great <laughs> attitude. He's a good locker room guy. And he has great Glue sunglasses guy. on the sidelines. Glue guy. Oh, he has great sunglasses. That's a good one. He's cool. Yeah, he is cool. He's got good swag on the sideline. He's a very positive guy. I think people really enjoy being his teammate. Some cons for Aaron Jones. He is a running back. That is his <laughs> position that he plays. Right, right. And his first contract is up. And running backs whose first contract is up, usually not a hot commodity. Pariahs. Yeah. Not many teams actually need a running back. And so, you know, when thinking of my dream destination for him... You know, I, I can pick one that just sounds fun if I removed, you know, if I removed Ezekiel Elliott, sure, put him on the Cowboys. But there's like, these are the teams I put together that could potentially actually use a running back and sign one. We have Atlanta, Miami, San Francisco, New England, the Jets, Steelers, and maybe the Bucks. And we'll get to the Bucks later. Mm. So I hate to say this, but I think I might be swiping left on Aaron Jones. <laughs> what? After all this? So that's surprising to me because I think the dream destination I want to see Aaron Jones is like, Probably somewhere with a really good, smart quarterback that can take kind of the running pressure off from someone with a good offensive line. I don't know. 
the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> like, I just kind of think that they should have kept him. And I understand the market value was 14 million, but they could have franchise tagged him for like eight, nine million. I do think that's the difference. I think he's a swipe left around 15 million. I think he's a swipe right at an eight. It's like he's not just a running back. And that's yeah. the thing with the whole running back value thing. Running backs are like centers in basketball. It's like, you know, how Roy Hibbert was like the future of NBA and defense and everything in like 2013. Mm-hmm. And then by 2016, he could not start. And yeah. it's like, because the center of the court used to be valuable and then it changed to the edges with three points. Football is the same way. It used to be the middle valued. You want to control the trenches. You want to run the ball. And now it's more about passing. So just like centers now still have value if they're like Embiid and you can shoot threes or you're Jokic and you can pass. Running backs still have value if you have auxiliary skills. If you, auxiliary, ancillary, I don't even know how to use the word right. But Aaron Jones can catch, like just like Alvin Kamara can catch. You can run routes. You can do many things. Also, they're really good running backs. Aaron Jones is in that half dozen group of guys. He's not quite as good as McCaffrey, but he brings like 85% of it to the table. And that's enough to me to pay the guy $8 million. It's like if you have a two down back, you can't really catch. Whatever, you can dime a dozen. You can get a rookie in the fifth round to do that. I don't think you're finding Aaron Jones in the draft and you don't want to have to spend his first or second rounder on it to do it anyway. I'm a swipe right. I think they should have kept him. Yeah, but they they spent a second rounder on freaking A.J. Dillon last year. Well, that's the thing. They made <laughs> What I'm surprised about is they made this decision last year. They yeah. can say whatever they want to yeah. say. The reality is when you spend the second rounder on A.J. Dillon, you're saying he's gone a year in advance. The crazy right. thing is that right. A.J. Dillon has rocks for hands. I like A.J. Dillon. I have him in Dynasty. But really, just because of the second round pick, I don't think A.J. Dillon brings enough to maybe he learns the catch. I don't know. I, I, I think the rocks for hands thing, I think that's I think that's overplayed. We'll see. He had a couple of really nice catches this last year and when he got in and had opportunities, but Hive, if you say you're a swipe right on him at eight million or the Packers, but like that's not this isn't the conversation. Not in is, the cards. A, is it it's swipe right or left on fourteen point six? Fair. I'm just saying the Packers made a mistake to not because the Packers could have got him way depressed to market value because the running for the running. I totally back agree, and I, and he's great, but like I don't know if he's worth four million or four years for sixty eight million. I mean, look at the top four teams in the league last year. Somewhere around fifteen, it changes. It was Chiefs, Bills, Packers, and Bucks last year. How many of those teams had a running back on their second contract? It was zero. Yeah. No, you're not wrong about that. So, well, all right. So I'm a swipe right. You're a swipe left. DK, let's swipe right at 8 million or swipe left. I would swipe right at 8 million, but no, it's, I, I'm a swipe left. I just print really, as even a principle. No, I'm, I'm saying at, at, in reality, when after he's not oh, okay. been franchise tag, uh, I'm swiping left because it's just a, in principle. I don't think running backs move the needle enough in terms of your ability to win football games. So, can I give a dream destination for him? I think, uh, I think if he went to Pittsburgh, that would be pretty fun. I would love. Oh, that would be Pittsburgh. absolutely fun. <laughs> if, if they actually, if they rebuilt their offensive line, I mean, they're not. Gonna, I they actually think it'd be terrible. No, I actually think that that wouldn't work because the reason the Steelers can't run is half because their line is bad now, and it's half because half because Roethlisberger just does everything in shotgun. And I'm not convinced Aaron Jones is going to be as effective when, I mean, what they do, like 80 or 90% of their snaps from shotgun? Aaron Rodgers was under center way more than that. So I'm not even convinced that would work. I don't know. Also, Go to money. Pittsburgh, Aaron. Actually, no, Pittsburgh, please sign Bud Dupree. That's what I want. Well, yeah, too late. <laughs> Speaking of Pittsburgh, though, my guy for this is Juju. I think it's fun because I think that in real life, there's probably no one more likely to actually be on these apps than Juju. It'd be really funny if you're just in the Pittsburgh area. <laughs> Juju might Juju currently be be designing Fumble the app. Yeah, Fumble, yeah. Juju's an investor. <laughs> he's so Juju, extremely 24 online. years old. I think that's amazing. The fact he's a free agent at 24 because he came in a league at 21. So that's he's six foot one. He's 215 pounds. 
He's from Long Beach, California. Shout out Snoop. He is a Sagittarius. He's a Sagittarius. So that means sensitivity, willpower, willpower, nurturing nature. Sagittarius is always looking out for your friends and family, which explains why you're so in tune with their needs. I think that makes sense. D- Juju is very in tune. <laughs> He's a lot of time on social media. So the market value for him is $16 million annually. I'm going to swipe left on Juju at $16 million annually. Explain. I don't think it's the Explain. thing. So first of all, I have to shout out my friend Justine, who pointed that, this out to me. She's a huge Steelers fan, follows Juju. Juju has been posting about the Steelers for six months, like someone who's in a relationship that they're, they know they're going to get dumped and there's nothing <laughs> they can do about it. Juju's been posting like pictures on his Instagram story, like the skyline of Pittsburgh with the caption, I don't want to leave. He's like, com- like uh, the right tackle for the Steelers posted something about a contract extension and Juju commented, crying face, I wish I could get one. And then now he's just in the face of like the motivational Instagram posts of just like, he's like getting dumped by the Steelers and he doesn't know how to handle it. The Steelers are going off to college and he's stuck in his hometown yeah. and, <laughs> you know, trying to make, trying to keep it alive, but it's just destined to fail. You know, Steelers are going to go off to college and, you know, find someone. Yeah. They, they said, I love you at 16. And they thought that was what it, <laughs> they thought that meant everything in the world. Yeah. It's tough. And then for actual football analysis, you could argue that Juju is underrated here because he was unbelievable at an intensely young age. 20, I mean, he was fifth in the NFL in receiving yards at 22 years old. Generally speaking, that's a really good indicator of skill. And that it's, I don't think it's hard to see a, a world where Ben Roethlisberger's arm declined, the whole offense kind of comes apart as a result, and that Juju hasn't been able to be himself as a result. However, I can't get over. He did all his production when Antonio Brown was like at his peak, basically, or Antonio Brown was, I mean, for all the offense, his on field performance is like Mount Rushmore, Mount Re- wide receiver. And that within the shadow of that attention, Juju thrived. And the second Antonio Brown left, he wasn't very good. Juju's primarily in the slot. The one opportunity he got to replace Antonio Brown on the outside, he kind of got hurt, didn't do anything with it. $16 million a year is a lot for a player who's just kind of in the slot, especially when he was just grossly outperformed by Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool last year. You'd have made $16 million a year to a guy who was the third best on his team at his own position. And just hasn't really p- been able to be scheme versatile at a, and is also the TikTok stuff, which I know shouldn't be a thing, but like to 60 or 70 year old f- football coaches who this is all they do for a living. It is weird <laughs> that he does tug of war with lions and like goes on YouTube and does these dances. That does matter when you're going to give someone 16 snap million. Yeah. Snap face. Don't spend so much time on the snap talk. That does matter when they're giving <laughs> someone $16 million a year. And there's like two or three other questions. I do think it's a swipe left. I swipe left too. I think he's Golden Tate. <laughs> no, he, with no. a little more size. Yeah, yeah, he's like a bigger Golden. Tate. The, the, the irony to me is that the TikTok stuff, whatever, implies he's quote unquote soft. I think that's like the stereotype. He's a really tough receiver. Like he's a tough yeah. guy. Like, but he also posts the videos where he's getting punched in the freaking core, and it's like it's kind of weird. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a situation better than the one Juju had when he went off. I mean, he had Ben, who was still relatively in his prime. He was literally going against single coverage every time because of Antonio Brown. The offense was humming. Sixteen million's a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Dream destination. So personality-wise, I think that Juju is like Le'Veon Bell before him, one of those things where everyone joked about him going to the Jets and then he does, except I don't think they'll actually do it because Joe Douglas is running the team. I think that Washington's intriguing as like him maybe mm. in the slot in Washington. They have they have cap space really and then Terry McLaurin and Juju maybe or Miami, but honestly, I don't know. I don't really know where Juju fits to be honest. I think 
I think pairing him with a guy like McLaurin is smart, Heifetz. I like. I think he, he'll be better if he has somebody on the opposite side to kind of demand a little bit more coverage. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's a number one. I think it's a lot to pay for a guy who's not a number one. All right. keep. Let's keep rolling here. The other person here, I think this is a controversial. We got Will Fuller. Hell of a yeah. profile. Okay. So Will Fuller. He's 26 years old. Six feet even. 184 pounds. Little asterisk on that. Who knows? <laughs> Born on April 16th. <laughs> don't know. 1994. So he's an Aries sign. Okay. Mm. So Aries, your optimism and generosity are amongst your most defining qualities. You are definitely a people person, which is assisted by your ability to see the best in everyone you meet. Now, it's assisted I, by something. That's for sure. It's just, <laughs> well, I think that maybe this is why he maybe ended up with those substances that were in his body that shouldn't have been because he trusted his doctor. <laughs> and you know what? He sees the best in everyone he meets. So how is he supposed to know? Mm. He's too, too trusting. And I think that yeah. this is the real value in Will as a guy because you know what? He's trying to take care of himself now. So the market value in his $17 million on Trek, that one's incorrect because here's the thing. That, al- that kind of number they're coming up with does not account for the PED suspension combined with the absurd amount of injuries he's had. We're just going to, I'm just going to commandeer this and say it's actually like 14 million a year because I don't think he's getting 17 million a year considering his history. And I'm going to swipe right on Will Fuller, which is crazy because part of me knows that this is like a toxic relationship and that the odds are that he's like the most classic bad free agent signing. Like, it's just such an obvious thing in retrospect. It doesn't work out. However, I'm intoxicated (laughs) by Austin Gale at Pro Football Focus has this great stat on here is Deshaun Watson's total expected points added with Will Fuller and without Will Fuller. So basically, in the last four seasons, Deshaun had the same amount of dropbacks with and without Will Fuller. It's basically 1,200 dropbacks. And the plays without Will Fuller, he basically expected to add like 79 points and the plays with will fuller he's expected to add like 267 points so like casually like (laughs) three and a half times the amount is better like the texans offense was three and a half times as potent when will fuller's on the field that is absurd and for all the stuff about his injuries and obviously the peds now and it's a huge issue and he can't stay healthy he is the most game-changing deep threat since deshaun jackson and this is was his best season last year. He set a career high in receiving yards and receptions and, and touchdowns and catches and catch. Everything was the best it's ever been. But obviously, it's a question of whether he can stay healthy. Am I crazy for swiping right in Wolf Fuller? Is this obviously a mistake in the moment? I love it. I love it. I think I, I would do the same thing. And when you said it was crazy, I was like, what? No way. Because he's, he's number one, like you said, he's a field tilter. I actually think he, I think of him as sort of like a force multiplier, which is a bit of a military term, but basically it means like if you get a piece of technology or something like, say it's like laser guided bombs or something versus just throwing them out there. <laughs> Where are we going? Jesus. Wow. Changes. Yeah. I'm just explaining what a force multiplier is. He makes people around him better because the defense has to change the geometry of how they play on the field. You know what I mean? Like they have to tilt the safety towards him a little bit because he has that blazing speed. So dangerous down the field. Um, you're right. I was getting a little off topic there, but there's a laser. End of the you day. know, I can tell you're a dad who reads military books now. I'm embracing who I am, Heifetz. I'm no yeah. longer ashamed That's of no, it. I uh, love it. You're a laser guided missile for this podcast. Read a lot of like books on ancient Rome and whatnot. Dads love that <laughs> stuff. So, uh, anyways, yeah, I, I'm actually I'm swiping right too. Swiping right. Fuller at 14 million or Galladay at 17. Galladay. Fuller. 
because because of the oh wow see that's that's so interesting see I I go Galladay because there's just less questions Galladay's coming off of an injury too you know maybe honestly I think it's part of my thing with Galladay is I just kind of you can't prove this and again it's dicey to talk about but the reality is I just don't know if that hip injury was as ser- was as serious as a season ending hip injury sounds absolutely was not. <laughs> I don't think. I, but like what does that have to like do you then then you're just saying you think Galladay's a, a much better player than Fuller. Fuller didn't get hurt last year. Yeah, well I no, I, I'm not when I say swipe right on Fuller, I'm not saying that like those the injury questions are not a problem because obviously the best avail the best ability is availability and Will Fuller hasn't been available till last year. So it's the question of I'm not a freaking doctor here. I'm not a scientist. I don't know if his body can hold up without whatever substances he was taking. That's the risk, right? <laughs> I like that he took the substance. He went the extra mile. Yeah, he wants to win. He's a gamer. That's the thing. See, that's <laughs> the Aries in him. God you of cheat, War. You ain't trying. So you're a swipe left, Craig? I mean, I... I'm, no, I'm swiping right on Fuller, but I, I think I'm biased because I like him so much. I think if I knew Kenny Galladay's personality more, I would feel differently, but I just really like Will Fuller and I can't separate that. Here's the thing, though. I think that this is easy to me, for me to say on a podcast. If I was like writing $14 million of my own, I don't know where I would get $14 million from, but if I was to pay $14 million to Will Fuller every year, I think that I might change my mind. And I would just like f- obsess and look at it, all the games he's missed. <laughs> and I think the reason why partially I'm, I've been swiping left on a lot of these players is because of, you know, Warren Sharp is on the NFL show today, Wednesday. Um, and he just wrote this article uh, a few days ago about basically all the best teams don't spend big in free agency doesn't make sense. They don't they don't go big in the draft and they don't spend big in free agency. They they spend smartly and they get guys on one-year contracts and they don't go after the big the big dogs and sign these big flashy 5-year 80 million. They just don't do any of that. And so it's kind of turned me off turned me off to the idea of like getting some flashy Kenny, Gall- Kenny Galladay on my team for 4 years 68 million because it's just not it's not a prudent decision. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, Deke, I think so in the NBA, good the best players go to free agency. LeBron, Kawhi, Kevin Durant have all been free agents and like changed teams the last three years. In baseball, Trevor Bauer, reigning Cy Young winner, just changed teams. In football, it's like, is Kenny Galladay the best free agent? Maybe. And so by nature, the guys in football, because of the way the leagues are structured, the guys you make at free agency in football are guys that their teams decided that they saw them for four years in and out. We're like, we don't need this person. So it's often described as a minefield and this is all that's like, it's like on Survivor. If they give you any type of food on day 20, you're going to be excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a cold hamburger. A cold hamburger is fucking amazing on day 20 in Survivor. Kenny Goldie might be a cold hamburger. <laughs> so, Dika, how, how should teams be approaching free agency? <laughs> that was a real Mike Lombardi from me. I'm surprised you guys didn't come after me for that. <laughs> Mike Lombardi's like, listen, there's hot dogs and there's ketchup. And Cleveland's a hot dog and Nick <laughs> Chubb's ketchup. And you're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Um, how Heifetz, your question is how should teams approach free agency? Well, let me ask yeah, you this: like, I, I haven't read I haven't read Warren's article yet. So, is there? I don't know if he already accounted for this, but like, is there? The theme is the good teams don't spend. Yeah, but are, are the good teams good because they already have a good roster and they're not needing to like spend a lot of money to bring in foundational players, or is it more just they swing and they miss? There's just a lot of his point. Is, his point agency. is intelligent aggressiveness. Aggressiveness, like like being aggressive to sign like the Andrew Norwell for however much 50, 60 million dollars mm-hmm. he got or whatever is not necessarily a smart aggressiveness. The smart aggressiveness yeah. is the team who I mean again, it didn't work out, but the Patriots getting Cam Newton for like one million dollars. 
is a smart, aggressive move because the upside yeah, was yeah, clearly yeah. That like, makes sense. there. I, yeah, he used the Eagles, like getting Chris Long for like one year, five million, like things like yes. that. That's, I think that's absolutely right. And I, I, it's always dangerous to be like, oh, we're one guy away from being a competitor because then that guy gets hurt in week four and then it's like, okay, now what? So I, I definitely think that there's something to that and, you know, buyer beware with Will Fuller. But at the same time, and I cringe at using this term, but it, how many guys in the NFL have more juice than Will Fuller? <laughs> Sorry, he's not, he's yeah, juicing. Poor choice bit, of words. But, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, he's just, he's Crazy. explosive, man. So, um, that's, I guess, the kind of what you have to wait. And he's proven it. Like, he's proven when he's been on the field and when he's been healthy. Obviously, I know that's a concern. But when he's proven it or when he's been out there, he's proven that he's a game-changing player. So, I guess that's just the question is um, teams are going to have to decide whether it's worth sinking that much of a, of their cap into this guy, especially in a year where the cap is shrinking. So, on that note, let's get to running backs because running backs are, like, the most or the best example of this kind of like, are they really worth this much money, especially mm-hmm. in free agency when their previous teams, for whatever reason, decided to let them go. And they're the teams that had them know more about them than anyone. So, all right, TK, you're the one here, Todd Gurley, who yes. was it like a month ago when we were, I was like, Todd Gurley can play. And you were like, he might be out of the league this year. <laughs> you guys, yeah. Why'd you guys <laughs> stick me with Todd Gurley? This is funny. Um, Cause I thought it'd be funny. We'll talk about, so I'm going to go. So we'll talk about Todd Gurley. We should go off script a little bit and talk about Chris Carson, too, because he actually ended up not getting franchise tagged by the Seahawks, so he's going to be a free agent. That's going to just be off the dome because I didn't actually prep for him, but let me start with Todd Gurley. Six foot one, 231 pounds. I mean, elite size for a running back. He's 26 years old, which is crazy. 26 That's years old. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane. He's one day younger than me, August 3rd. I was born August 2nd, 94. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Um, so you're Todd And my Gurley's knees elder. might be better than his. So you're a Leo? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a Leo. Wow. Oh, yeah. Read us the Leo traits, DK. Leo traits, action-oriented, warm, attention-seeking. Yeah. That describes two of the Leos in this conversation. I went from (laughs) producer to co-host, so that's attention-seeking, if anything. Just throwing out (laughs) takes, just willy-nilly. Just out here like, did Dak's injury make him like more valuable? (laughs) Attention-seeking. You're the heat-seeking missile of attention. I found this interesting. Again, this is me probably going too far down the rabbit hole in birthdays, but on this date in 1492, Columbus set sail from, <laughs> from Palos, Spain for the Indies. What a fucking idiot. He thought he was going to the Indies. I used to be the person who brought random facts into the spot, and now you're just like, Todd Gurley was born 600 years after Columbus left. <laughs> what is happening? T- is Todd, Todd Gurley good at football or what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I have absolutely no clue what that means. I'm a history buff. I like uh I like looking back on history. 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I don't know where he was looking for, but he didn't end up where he wanted to be. He was looking for a good free agent. He was looking for the West Indies, I assume, which is why he went that direction, but um anyway, regardless. <laughs> spot track, spot track has his market value at 2 years 11 million, 5.5 per year, which I think is a tad high. I don't think. <laughs> I think that he that any team that signs him for that is high because he essentially got benched more or less, or he, he turned into a rotational back late in the season. His knees are just not holding up. He's he doesn't have the same burst that he used to have, the same um, you know explosiveness, and so that's obviously a worry. Now, 
there are some pros. He's a very good pass catcher, which I think can help any any offense. Um, he has an undeniable nose for the end zone. The dude just gets into the end zone for whatever reason. He knows how to do it. And he's a pro. He's a, He's been around the game. He's 26 years old, but he feels like he's been playing since the 80s. You know, oh my just, God, he's a he's a pro. Is like the he's nice of a dating profile. Or like yes, trying to set it your is. He's a pro. Up. He's a veteran. Hey, no, he's really he's a great personality. <laughs> it means that there's things you aren't telling me. Let me put some context in that. Uh, so the the worry and and I guess the concern about having a rookie go in and take his spot versus just paying Gurley to be a quote a pro is you can't trust those guys to do some of the little things that you know, veteran players do, like pass pro. Pass pro is very difficult. It's not like super important on the hierarchy of needs. Yes. So just let me give you a quick inside football or whatever example. So like in some cases, the running back is charged with picking up the, you know, either fifth or sixth, like a blitzer, fifth or sixth guy. And number one, he has to see the guy coming. And number two, he has to react in time to like move, you know, inside the pocket, switch sides, you know, to pick that guy off, keep him from hitting the quarterback. He, he's protecting the quarterback, the most important guy on the field. So, you know, there's that. Plus just doing your assignments in the passing game, doing your assignment, like picking the right hole. Like these are the things I'm talking about when I talk about he's a pro. So it, it is absolutely a cliche, but at the same time, you know, like coaches are going to be like, I don't want to put this fucking green player out there and have him screw up and get our quarterback hit. You know what I mean? So... You got to kind of keep that in mind. However, you know, again, like he has the knees of a 60-year-old former distance runner, like just bone on bone. And and that's not getting any better. I don't think he's going to get any faster. Um, I actually noticed this. I was reading through PFF's top 200 list of free agents. He didn't make the top 200. That is unbelievable. <laughs> that's aggressive. <laughs> unless my search, unless my search that's function a, that's is, aggressive. is broken. That's just them trying to make a point. 200? That's, that's I didn't even know there were 200 free <laughs> That was the Todd Gurley is like you're making it a point to not talk about Todd Gurley. All right, so DK, which way are you swiping? I'm swiping left. I'm saying no. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it, especially not if if you're going to give him five and a half million. That would be, in my opinion, a bad choice. I can't believe they put him in the top two hundred. Let me. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna double check that. Hold on. I'm checking. Maybe my search function was broken. I, he's definitely like that guy that like fantasy players love to hate. Zero for hits for Gurley. Gurley. Brutal. That is tough. You want me to read some of the guys at the bottom of the list here? Actually, yeah, I do. <laughs> Who's the 200th free agent on this list? Richard Rogers is 205. Sorry, it's 205. The tight end that the Eagles side <laughs> off the couch? Is that yeah, he, was playing, he was playing pickup basketball in Philly, and then he went and played, you know, whatever. He actually That's, looked come fine. Come on. Uh, let's go through here. There's someone, someone named Neville Hewitt, who I will admit <laughs> to not knowing much about. Um, Neville? I've definitely definitely heard that name before, right, guys? Uh, let's see here. James O'Shaughnessy, tight end. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was on Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Mercedes Lewis. O'Shaughnessy. Hennessey. 70 years old. Tajay Dude, Sharp. This is ridiculous. These are four-string tight ends. Mercedes Lewis is 36. <laughs> yes. This is crazy. He's 10 years older than Todd Gurley. <laughs> My God. Uh, Jacob Hollister. Number 179, oh, well. which is hilarious. Okay, so anyways, so PFF doesn't like Gurley. I'm swiping left. Yeah. I agree with them. I don't I don't think he's necessarily worse than the 250. He's in my agent, top maybe, 200. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Still swipe left, though. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. But can we talk about Chris Carson real quick? We don't have to go through it quite as much, but I do think he is an interesting free agent. He was the Seahawks starter for the last several years. He's another guy that has had some injuries, like history. You know, it's he's not nothing like serious, but just banged up quite a bit. And I would say that is a worry going forward, that his physical playing style, the way he plays, he's looking for contact. He's looking to blow guys up. That could be an issue for some teams. Um, but I will he's say... 26 like, he's 26 years old. He's 26, but he's relatively like low amount of tread on, off the tires in terms of his usage. I think he's actually a pretty interesting free agent. I don't know if the CX are going to bring him back. So um, I think, I, I, you know, it depends on what you're going to ask. The CX were not willing to give him $8 million to franchise tag him. I think he's probably in the same range, maybe like in the free agent market, seven, six, seven million a year. Let me, let me look up what he has on spot track. Spot track. I got it right here. It's uh 7.4. Yeah, so that sounds right. So, yeah, I mean, bottom line, he is a good pass catcher. He's a very physical runner. He can create on his own. I still strongly believe that you don't need to spend big at the running back position, but I do think that Chris Carson is one of the better running backs on the free agent market. So I'm going to be very fascinated to see where he, run, where he goes. And if a team is looking to have, you know, it's a cliche, but if they're looking to like establish an identity as like a smash mouth, offense like he could be a good option for them and i would i would still swipe left just because i don't think you should you you don't need to give running backs that much i hope he gets paid though i don't think a team should pay chris carson seven million dollars a year but i will say i think chris carson is sneakily one of the most fun players to watch like he doesn't have name value he's not really like a big player even in fantasy he's not like a sexy player but he just wants to wreck dudes he's just trying really hard he's a try hard he jumps over people for no reason he just takes contact he's one of those guys that will lower shoulder instead of running out of bounds which is like my favorite kind of player he's fun he's athletic i enjoy him but he's had too many to your point the style leads to so many injuries he's not like a good investment but I, he's absolutely like if the giants signed chris carson to somehow like if saquon got hurt and they had signed chris carson I would have been over the moon. Instead, it was Devontae. Chris Kingdom. Carson is everything I wanted Leonard Fournette to be in the way he plays. <laughs> yes. Totally. That's actually a great point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like him a lot, though. I, I hope he hope he lands somewhere good. But I'm a swipe left on Chris Carson. And I imagine it's $7 million all of you guys are, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So speaking of Lenny Forens, Craig, hit up Lenny Forens. He's a free agent, too. All right. Yeah. Lenny Forens is on the market. He's 26 years old. He is six feet tall, which is taller than I thought. 228 yeah. pounds. He's from New Orleans, Louisiana. He's a Capricorn. Some facts wow. about a Capricorn. They are hardworking, ambitious, and responsible. That is Leonard Fournette. His market value is $8.1 million, which seems a bit inflated. Some pros for Lenny, in my opinion. He's young. 
just turned 26. He's healthy, no real major injuries. He's a Super Bowl champ. He's currently kind of peaking professionally and personally. You know, his online persona, he has a name. He has a nickname that is basically denotes how good he is at playing football in the playoffs, which like it can't get any better than that. Um, he's kind of what Juju wants to be, but isn't, is kind of the way Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's like not trying to be internet famous, but kind of is internet famous. Cons though for Lenny, he looks quite old. Probably looks 35. Mm. Mm. He looks as old as Mercedes Lewis. Uh, <laughs> you could make the argument that he may not be the best running back on the Bucks. Yeah, uh, Ronald Jones is actually pretty pretty good, and the dude just this this doesn't have a, this is an antiletic. The guy just spends a lot of time in Florida. I mean, he's in Jacksonville. <laughs> he's in Tampa. <laughs> I don't know where we gotta get Kevin Clark right to, to weigh in on that. Yeah, one. we need Kevin Clark to weigh in on someone who spent their twenties in Florida and their teens. Yeah, this is entire twenties in Florida. So listen, I, I have a I, I'm swiping right, but there's a caveat. I know that sounds surprising, Leonard for another eight million. I think. He 100% should get re-signed by the Bucks for like a one-year, $7 million deal just to play it out with Brady again. Just do it again. I think I think I would swipe right on Run one more year with the Bucks. I would not swipe right on a four-year deal for him. Swiping right on one year. What do you guys think? Uh, that's bold, Craig. I'm going to swipe left. I, d- I, don't, think, I don't necessarily think he has a uh, skill set at this point that differentiates him enough to be paid that, to be paid that kind of money. But... Um, I'm rooting for him. I think he's a fun story, and I would like to see him have success. He had one of the most successful playoffs for a running back ever, and you don't think he's got the skill set? Uh, I w- I said I don't think he has a skill set that would be different that differentiates him enough to to mm-hmm. make it worthwhile. Like he does have a good skill set, but it's not like he he's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not Saquon. You know what I mean? And people wanted him to be, but he's just not. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Capricorns. Big fan. And I think Lenny has big Capricorn <laughs> energy. That's why we're drawn oh. to him. I think that, you know, obviously best Twitter header in the game with like literally it's God creating Adam on the Sistine Chapel, but it's just Leonard Fournette and an LSU jersey. Like huge fan of Lenny. But here's the thing. Capricorn also means being pretty like unattached and being like unemotional, like very just, you know, business about decisions. And business-wise, Lenny's not worth $7 million. Like he's just not good enough. This Bucks team, like they have to keep him. I get what you're saying, Craig, but... They have to keep a lot of people. They're trying to keep Shaq Barrett. They franchise tag Chris Godwin. They got to keep everyone together. Lenny is literally the most expendable part of this team by far. I, I just love Lenny to death. Swipe left on Lenny. You're right. You're right. I'm I'm, I'm hoping for a one-year, three, $4 million deal, and he just sticks with the Bucks for the rest of Tom Brady's Lenny time. got cut from the Jaguars and then won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. It is like he he's already kind of had his gift. He's gotten <laughs> he's gotten what he needed to get. He's Lombardi Lenny, playoff Lenny, whatever the hell we're calling him. Who Craig, let me ask you this. Who would you rather have? Uh James Connor or Lenny on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Lenny. I think Lenny I think just I would fits too, the Steelers yeah. better. Also James Connor is bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. DK last one up here. Yeah. Hunter Henry. We haven't talked about him very much. He, I feel like he's kind of he he started out his career very hot, like a big name, going to be the next kind of Gronk type tight end. But he's had some injuries, um, had some knee injuries, and so he's definitely fallen off in, in his uh, overall hype. I think, and, but he he's going to hit free agency. The Chargers decided not to franchise tag him. Um, so let's break it down. Six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds. He was born on December seventh, nineteen ninety four. He's age 26 years old. He's from Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, right now, Spot uh, Track 
All right, let me say that again. Right now, SpotTrack has his uh, APY, his, his market value at 10.9 million. Um, for reference and for context, Kittle is at 15 million, Kelsey's at 14 million, and Austin Hooper is at 10.5 million. I think I would take him at that 10.9. That kind of feels like a bargain to me. Um, let's break down the let's break down the pros and cons. Former Mackey Award winner, so he was the best uh, tight end in college football. Dynamic athlete, big, strong, and fast. He's a red zone weapon. He has 21 touchdowns in 55 career games. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL in 2018. He's had multiple sort of lower body injuries. Um, I think he also had a. This is not necessarily a knock on him, but he also had like a spleen or kidney injury, like lacerated his some internal organ, which is always a worrisome thing. Um, he has yet to play a full season in the NFL. So again, mm. the injury situation is kind of worrisome. He had a couple, he had like a 14 game, 15 game season, but no full seasons yet. And I found this stat or I found this little tidbit kind of funny. He's a good athlete, but he's clearly a bad planner at the combine. He skipped out of most physical drills. By the way, he's he, like at his pro day, he ran really well. He's like a fast guy, but he did compete in the bench press at the NFL Combine, and he got a position worst thirteen reps. So the only thing oh. he did at the Combine was bench, and he was the worst at the position. So that was funny. And That's then also, a I, I put flag. this on. <laughs> bad planning, man. Just don't do anything if you're going to be there. And the other thing I was going to say is he and all his siblings have HH names. His siblings are Hayden, Hudson, and Hope. Oh, so Hunter! How Hunter, do you feel about Hunter that? Henry? I'm throwing that in the negative column. Not a huge, not a huge fan of that. A lot. There are families that do that. I mean, like the Jenners, they're all K's. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh my god, I, I never it's put fine. that together. It's fine. Oh my god, you never thought I never, about that? I never realized that till just now. How did I not realize that? I guess I knew it, but like I never <laughs> thought about it. And then, Chris, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this. Do you know that George Foreman? You know George Foreman? Yeah, the grill this- guy who used to fight or whatever. <laughs> All these kids are named have George somehow in their name. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 well. Like, does that imply? I mean, if we're talking about this in terms of dating profiles, does that imply like you know your relationship, your marriage would have a lot of like orchestrating, like a Chris Jenner level, like it's not really your life; you're an extension of someone else's life. Perhaps. Yes. Yes. I like that. By the way, I like that. Uh, Craig goes. Do you know who George Foreman is? And, and Heifetz goes, "Yeah, the grill guy." <laughs> yeah, the grill guy who used to fight. I don't know. Box the grill guy. That's the most millennial thing you've ever said. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm being a douchebag. I know George Foreman. I've, I've watched a couple of George Foreman fights. Okay. Fair okay, enough. So Hunter fair Henry, enough. are you swiping right or left on Hunter Henry? You're swiping right. I think I'm swiping right. Yeah. So what's your dream destination for Hunter Henry? How about this one? And I, I guess this is maybe not my dream destination, but the one I thought of first was Don't the you Colts. dare say it. Oh, the God. Colts. Tight end purgatory. Yeah. What the fuck, man? No. I, so let me let me lay it out. The Colts, I think, have always featured tight ends heavily in their offense. It's always just been they have too many tight ends. If he's the only tight end there, that's good for him. Number two, uh, Carson Wentz famously loves to target oh, his tight end. You remember this guy, Zach Ertz? Remember this guy? Mm. Um, so that's another, well, might those get are the two the things Colts. I thought of. So, but my only worry with that, obviously, is that Wentz is completely toast, and then that turns out poorly. <laughs> um, the other thing, the other team that I thought actually makes a lot of sense is put him on the Seahawks and let him kind of eat up the middle of the field. Russell Wilson mm. needs more weapons. So I think that could be an interesting one, too. But um, I like the Wentz thing just because Wentz is like, <laughs> he absolutely just leaned on Ertz for years. So out of all these guys, who has the best dating profile? Who do we like the most? It was it was Allen Robinson before he got tagged. It's, it's Allen, yeah. Allen, but but you want what you can't have. That's the thing with Allen. 
I know. It's honestly not tough. a hot list. I don't know. Yeah. We, we swiped left on a lot of these guys, which just goes to show how we feel about free agency. I think that yeah, the most interesting one here, I think it's Will Fuller, and I think it's dangerous, but that kind of yep. makes me like it even more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's actually probably the dumbest move, but it's we're like kind of into it. I can't get him out of my head. <laughs> it's like when you see on someone's profile, it says their job is like like creator or influencer, and you're like, hmm, that's not a good job, but like, maybe. <laughs> no, but like, oh my God. It's like, it won't end well, but that's kind of exciting. <laughs> So yeah, I got Will Fuller. What about you? This guys? is a very illum. We're, it's, we're not gonna we're not gonna like address it directly, but this is an illuminating conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, are you guys all into Will Fuller? Who are you guys picking? Yeah, I'm saying Will Fuller. I so I was gonna say Galladay, but then I I I actually did say I would take Fuller over Galladay, so I'm going Fuller. Let's just all lean in on Will Fuller. We're all full. Yeah, yeah. we're all we're, we're full of Fuller. Okay, there we go. Will Will Fuller uh, podcast. There we go. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Will Fuller. Thank you, Lord. Lord. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't have any. Uh... You don't have a band, DK? Throw me a band name. No. This is your job. Fleetwood Mac. No. Don't give it to him. Oh, you yeah, I'm not helping him. That's Stevie Nicks. Thank you, Stevie All Nicks. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys on Wednesday. <laughs>